You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Here are your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Hello and welcome to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. Do you know what I'm thinking about right now? I can't begin to guess. <laughs> rice The San Francisco tree? Yes, the San Francisco that, tree. That rice Yes. Thinking about it because we're doing our whole show today on San Francisco. And I remember those ads as a kid with something to do with the, the trolleys. That's right. And they go ding, ding, down the hill. Rice-a-roni, your San Francisco treat. San Francisco is a treat. And today we're going to be talking about all sorts of activities to do around San Francisco. That's true. And a lot of times we talk about hotels and dining, but today we have so much to cover with activities. That's where we're going. San Francisco is a huge international city, so we're going to break it up a little bit. Today, we're just going to focus on activities. We've got some great interviews coming up. There are so many new things happening in this city, so much going on. First, we're going to talk with Laurie Armstrong from San Francisco Travel. Then we're going to talk to Megan from Bay City Bikes. Finally, we're going to have an interview with Linda Dackman from Exploratorium. And in between that, we're going to be talking about a lot of other things you can do that are really fun here in San Francisco. Some of our favorites. I've had some great experiences here, some very memorable experiences here. I'm really excited to share them. We've got lots of go-to towns in California, a lot in Southern California. But Northern California, we love, love San Francisco. So we're going to take you around the city by the bay. But before we do that, we first need to do Hot Topics in Travel. That's right. Check us out on our website, TravelBrigade.com, or you can follow us at Travel Brigade on Twitter. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. What's hot? What's not? What's trending? Next up, this week's picks for travel news and hot topics in travel. Welcome back. This is Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin in San Francisco. We're going to have some great interviews coming up about fun things to do around this terrific city. But first, we're going to do Hot Topics in Travel, where we look at travel in the news. No, it's not. This is the segment where Jeff actually likes to either upset me, provoke me, cause some sort of reaction. I will definitely get a reaction today. You will? Ranking things in your life, what's more important, travel or romance? <laughs> I'm not going to make you answer that. It's a trick question. They're, they're not mutually exclusive? Are they Correct. mutually exclusive? No, they're they not. They come out? They're not mutually exclusive. It's a trick question because a new, because a new survey by the U.S. Travel Association has mm-hmm. revealed that travel leads to romance. What? They did a survey. And they found that 77% of couples who travel together said they have better romance than those who don't. The, the numbers for people who don't travel together, the numbers were lower. Are you talking about like bedroom romance? Yes, I'm talking about bedroom and just general romance. Oh, well, that makes sense. Because I'm always actually in a pretty good mood when we travel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, when it, it's when I'm living my real day-to-day life when we're not traveling and I'm having to deal with the mini-me's and the, you know, all that stuff. Right. Puts me not in a good mood. Right. And they found that 28% of people said their bedroom lives, their non-living room kitchen lives improved <laughs> after traveling together. And 40% said their 
relationships in that area were better permanently after traveling. So I makes, knew there was a reason I advocate for travel. So when, this could be it. Yeah, no. And and one more number I'll throw at you. 63% said they would rather have a weekend getaway than a gift. Oh, uh, yes. 100% of me says that. <laughs> well, here's, here's the thing. You can, tra- as you well know, you can train any idiot to go out and buy a gift <laughs> if you tell them what to get and where. Yes. And that, that, I'm not talking about you, honey. I'm talking about <laughs> I'm talking about previous sure. relationships. And uh, so Jeff, Jeff does it all on his own. <laughs> so you can t- you can you know going out and grabbing a gift isn't that hard compared to saying, hey, I want to go spend time with you. Let's go away together. Isn't that more romantic? Oh yeah. And I think a lot of it depends on the type of person you're with. Now, there are people who prefer to collect stuff. No, and the, not me. The problem is stuff, you know, wears out, it gets dusty, it gets old. Memories, experiences, once you have them, you've got them for a lifetime. That's true, baby. And I have a lot with you. Oh, thank you. So, and and I mean, it just really makes sense when you think about it that if you're going to be spending time together, you're going to want to go do things. I think I started by saying that travel leads to romance, but I think it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. I think romance leads to travel because if you're, you know, feeling romantic with somebody, you want to get away together and just have some time alone. That's true. That was a good one today, honey. And I mean, isn't this something you would tell people anyway? Like, oh, hey, you guys should get away. You know, if you, you know, I tell you, people you that guys all should the time. get away together for a weekend. That's what you need. And then yeah. this just kind of confirms it. And not that you know, here we are in this amazing city, San Francisco. But I mean. It could be a little getaway. It could be a drive away. It could be the hotel downtown. It really, it just, you know, the whole, it doesn't really matter how, how many miles you put on, but just that time away is really nice. Amen. Well, let's move on to all these great activities we've got planned in San Francisco. We're going to keep you busy. Coming up, we've got an interview with Laurie Armstrong from San Francisco Travel. Who knows everything about San Francisco. I would, I, I can't disagree with you. <laughs> Stay tuned, you're listening to Travel Brigade. If you're so inclined and you just want to check us out online, you go to TravelBrigade.com. If you're a Facebook kind of person, check us out on Facebook. Just click that little thumb. Yeah. Like us. And if you're one of those Twitter types, we're at Travel Brigade. Keep up with what we're doing and we'll follow you. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin, talking about the lovely city of San Francisco. One of the great things about a big city is when you go there, you just feel the energy of everything that's happening and everything that's going on. And one thing I love about big cities is they're always changing. They're always adding new things. You can go there once, come back the next year, there's something else there. So even those of you who have been to San Francisco many times, if you go back this year, you're going to find more new stuff there. Here to tell us more about it is Lori Armstrong from San Francisco Travel. Welcome, Lori. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be talking with you. Now, San Francisco's most famous iconic image is the Golden Gate Bridge and it turned 75 just this last spring and tell us about some of the new things they added to celebrate that birthday. 
Well, you know, it was a, it was a great year-long celebration, and really the celebration continues. There have been a lot of extra things added. Um, probably the most easy to see is the pavilion at the south end of the bridge. They've uh, it's never really had a, a there there, if you will. It's always been this you know this beautiful bridge, but there was never any place that visitors could go and embrace that experience. So they've built uh, this has been built by the Golden Gate Parks Conservancy, the National Park Service, uh, and the Golden Gate Bridge Highway and Transportation District. They built a pavilion there. So there are there are two obviously two ends of the bridge. The north end has got a viewpoint, and the south end has a new pavilion that's been built. And part of that uh-huh. is a large building that is a great shop and, and has all kinds of wonderful things you can see and buy about the about the bridge, the history, the design, and so on and so forth. It's also got some really great exhibits in there. There's another little building there too where you can take um, a green screen photo, and so you can come home with with a photo of yourself in front of the bridge, or even climbing the towers. This, and these that's the, the reason why that's important is, number one, it gets really foggy at the bridge, and some people get there on a foggy day, and they're very disappointed. They've come a long way to see this world-famous bridge, <laughs> and they can't see it because of the fog. So this way they can still get a photo of themselves in front of the bridge. And then going up on the towers is really a, a very exclusive experience, really, that's, that's limited to people working on the bridge. But with this green screen thing, you can actually have a photo of yourself taken climbing the bridge. And I took a photo, I put it on my Facebook page, and so many people thought it was real, and they wrote back and they said, oh my goodness, I can't believe you did that in flat shoes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what's so yeah. interesting, too, about the bridge is we've had experiences, you know, we, I do a little amateur photography, but not nothing, no great shots of the Golden Gate. But it's so amazing. We've had experiences. We've been on one side, the south side of the Golden Gate Bridge, and you can't see it at all. And we went over to the north side, and we had the best view ever. We, we couldn't believe, just from one side of the bridge to the other, how dramatic you know, dramatically different it can be as well. It can be. You know, I've had situations where, like I've taken a TV crew and we've been driving across the bridge, and by the time we get to the other end, the bridge is gone. The fog is coming in. <laughs> okay. Things change really quickly there. Do they schedule that and, with and you, you know, so we know when the fog, when the fog's rolling in? Right. <laughs> Speaking of the bridge in the bay, tell us about Bay Lights. Oh, this is going to be so exciting. Well, you know, the the Bay Bridge happened within a year it opened um, you know, between the time that the, the Golden Gate Bridge and the Bay Bridge opened. Golden Gate Bridge is kind of like the prettier sister. You know, it gets all the attention. <laughs> but the Bay Bridge, of course, is a really remarkable bridge itself. It's a beautiful suspension bridge. And so this year, uh, actually it starts on March 5th, there's going to be a public art installation that is just spectacular. It's called Bay Lights. This will be on the western span of the bridge. The Bay Bridge is in two parts. It's been the western span on the north side. They have installed thousands and thousands of tiny white LED lights on the suspension cables of the bridge, the vertical suspension cables. And so beginning on March 5th, every night, there's going to be this, I don't want to call it a show, it's more like a performance of the lights and patterns and different movements across the bridge. They've been practicing it this week, and it is really a remarkable thing to see. Just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So we're excited. That's supposed to be a two- to three-year project. We're hoping that it's going to stay longer. I think it's going to be as iconic as the Golden Gate Bridge. Now, I know San Francisco is a town full of sports, the Niners, the Giants, uh, everything like that. But this year, you're adding America's Cup to the mix and kind of tying that in with developing a new cruise terminal that right there uh, kind of in the – what is that, the North – Bay or the, what do they call that area where they're developing the cruise terminal? Well, the new cruise terminal is going to be at Pier 23, I think Pier 23 and 27. 
uh, along the Embarcadero, uh, and not too far from where the cruise ships arrive right now, but it's going to be a beautiful new building. It's almost completed now. And, you know, I like to hearken it to, with this new cruise terminal, it's going to be like walking into the city through the front door, having a really grand entrance into the city right there. It's, its first use, of course, is going to be used as the village or the centerpiece for the America's Cup Sailing Regatta, which will happen this summer. They've got races happening all summer long. They begin in April with some preliminary sort of things, and it, it just escalates and escalates until we get to the finals, actually, in September when we have the, um, the final America's Cup uh, regatta. This has teams from all over the world. This is one of the major sporting events in the world, but America really isn't keen to it just because we're not as much a, a sailing culture as a lot of other uh, countries in the world are. I think on the East Coast and, and parts of the West Coast, we're into it because, because of our proximity to the ocean, right. but really around the world there are people that just love the america's cup it's as, as exciting as the super bowl and we will be having people coming all over the place so this is going to be a great thing to come and see are their catamarans and the ones that they've been sailing up to this point are uh, i think they're 45 feet long the ones they're going to race in the actual america's cup finals are 72 feet long it takes i think 10 or 15 people to sail them wow. and they say even at that they're, they're so fast. They're just amazingly fast, and they're very, very tall. So this is really kind of cutting-edge sailing. And uh, we, got, we saw some preliminaries last summer with the World Series races, and you have no idea until you see it just how thrilling it is. So this isn't my, like my two-person Hobie that I drove when I was <laughs> <laughs> my days in Newport Beach growing up, the little two-person Hobie. But, you know, the one thing about the cruise terminal that I, I think is really interesting, and we've kind of seen this trend with, you know, sort of the decline of Mexican cruises is that, the cruise lines are starting to um, schedule cruises up and down the California coast. And I really think that, you know, with people embracing a new cruise terminal, that that might be a more popular trend in the next coming years is, you know, really wanting to show off the California coast and instead of, you know, boarding in L.A. and then heading to Mexico. So it's, it's just kind of an interesting trend. So with the cruise ship terminal, all those great new things in the Barcadero, there's also Fisherman's Wharf, a lot of new things going on there, new uh, upgrades, different things that are happening there. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, you know, Fisherman's Wharf is probably the most visited part of San Francisco. Everybody loves to go there. For a lot of people, it's the first place that they go, and it's a lot of fun. But in some ways, it, it, we've kind of loved it to pieces. So they're doing <laughs> a new... Um, <laughs> We're doing a new, uh, uh, what they call the public ground plan along Jefferson Street and Pier 43 to make that whole area a lot more pedestrian friendly, to get the traffic snarls out, and just make it um, really more uh, more welcoming and a more pleasant place to visit. So you can go and get your crab and get your Ghirardelli. That's what we get do. Get your Ghirardelli <laughs> and have a place to sit and enjoy and, and watch the people, watch the birds, watch the ocean and all of that. So that's um, just been a long time coming. I think people are going to enjoy that a lot. You know, we like to, to encourage people to get out and visit the entire city. There's 49 square miles of really interesting things to see. But, you know, again, like a, a lot of people, they just like to start at Fishman's Wharf. It's a fun, well, it's fun place to be. it's great people watching. I mean, I just, I love to just walk down there. And, you know, just speaking of Ghirardelli's, you know, Ghirardelli Square, that amazing Fairmont that's there. And, and is it Kara's Cupcakes that's, that's yeah. there? Oh, that, they use like local ingredients. Like it lists the milk from Sonoma and the chocolate from Ghirardelli and the eggs from a farmer. And I mean, it's just, it's really, it's a fun place to go to. Yeah, it really is. It's great to be down. And there's just something about, I think it's, it's the combination of being a big city and being on the water makes a big difference there. And there's so much going on. It's just like, like you say, Jeff, it's great energy. So moving along for Fisherman's Wharf, 
Jeff doesn't want to talk about this part because this is when my credit cards start getting abused. Union Square and shopping. Tell us why San Francisco is such a great shopping destination. Oh, it is a great shopping destination, and I'm a shopaholic myself. This is what I do to relax. <laughs> I, I can see Jeff starting to sweat just when I, just when I start mentioning credit cards and shopping. <laughs> You know, the thing I love about San Francisco is they're shopping in a lot of different neighborhoods. So Union Square is probably ground zero when it comes right, to shopping. Right. You've got the big stores, the biggest Macy's on the West Coast, and you've got wonderful galleries and boutiques. And, you know, there's there's Neiman Marcus and Saks Fifth Avenue and Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom and, and, you know, wonderful shops like that and all of the great brands that you know and love and so on. But, you know, it's also great to get out to some of the other little neighborhoods like Fillmore Street and uh-huh. Polk Street and um, there's just all sorts of st- little shopping streets all over the city where you can find really unique things. Uh, Union Street, which is different from Union Square, Chestnut Street. And you can find smaller boutiques and uh, really kind of get some treasures. It's a, it's a wonderful place for shopping. There's a, a lot of uh, street fairs and art exhibits and so on. You can always find something unusual. And San Francisco is very proud of its local products, things that are made here. In fact, there's an organization called SF Made that really encourages local creation, local manufacturing and so on. So when you come to San Francisco, you know, stop in and pick up that thing that, you, that you've been wanting to get at the mall, but be sure and look at other things. Look at things that are truly San Francisco, and I think you won't be disappointed. I think one thing, too, that I was, you go to the local, like a lot of the shops have the concierge, and you can go and show my out-of-state ID and get like a, a shopping savings pass at all the, a lot of the different places, and it's, it's you can put it to good use, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's really true. You know, Macy's is very good at that. You know, check out the concierge at your hotel because they will probably have a uh, a Macy's uh, coupon for you, the Westfield Center where Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom is. They have a, a visitor program. We love our visitors. We want them to have a good time, and we want them to spend a bit of money, too. So uh, you're right. Make sure to ask your concierge or go to our visitor information center, which is at the base of the Powell Street cable card um, line, and go in and ask there, too. We're always happy to steer people in the right direction. Well, thank you very much for talking with us, Lori. It has been a pleasure, and I hope you come back soon. And we will have the contact information for San Francisco Travel on our website, TravelBrigade.com. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. Not sure where to go, what to do, and where to sleep? Up next, hot hotels, unique activities, and top attractions in our destination city. Check it out. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin, our San Francisco show. We just talked to Lori from San Francisco Travel and If you go to our website, TravelBrigade.com, and click on the hot sheet for this show, we'll have contact info for the people we interviewed today and also a lot of the things that we talk about on the show. She talked about some things. One way you can kind of combine a lot of different classic San Francisco things into one day is to do something called a 49-mile drive. It's really fun. We did it one year on our anniversary. (laughs) Yay! There are these signs posted around the city, and you can find maps. We'll have the... Yeah, we'll have the links online in our hot sheet. But anyway, there are these signs, and we actually did this pre-GPS, so you can actually (laughs) find it around pretty easily. And there are these signs posted around the city that say 49-mile drive. And And you can actually pick up some maps, too. I think we printed out some maps online, yeah. Find them different places. But you get on this drive, and you can pick it up pretty much anywhere along the way. It's kind of like one of those hop-on, hop-off tours. And it takes you around the city to all the great landmarks. And if you want to stop and go in or stop and have a picnic or whatever you want to do, it just takes you all around the city. And it was it was a really memorable experience for me just to 
we got to see all the classic San Francisco things in in one day and and stop and I think yeah, they did we a stopped along the way you know, stopped and, in Golden Gate and yep. then stopped here and there and and just kind of took it at our leisure and it was it was a terrific day. Yeah, it is a really great day. So it's the 49 mile drive. You can find it online. Again, we'll have that information on the hot sheet. Give you some information, but it's a whole day's worth of just going around the city, kind of on your own, and it's a really, really fun thing to do. But you know, that just reminds me, we are at Golden Gate Park. Yeah, a lot of great things to do there. One thing that's kind of funny is, you know, we go to these big cities, New York, London, San Francisco, and you're there for the big city life, but then you end up having some of your best experiences in these beautiful outdoor Metro parks. parks. Yeah. <laughs> and Golden Gate Park is, you know, a huge park. Tons of things to do there. One of the really fun things, particularly if you've got kids, but even if you don't have kids, is to go to the California Academy of Sciences. It's really amazing. It's like an aquarium, a rainforest, a planetarium, all under one roof. And speaking of the roof, that's also the place that when you drive by, it's got that amazing green top roof. It's got a live roof on it, live living grass on the roof. And you get to walk through an actual rainforest. I found that really fun. You start at the bottom. And you're in this enclosed area that's actually, you know, it's the humidity and the temperature and the plants and the yes. animals of a rainforest. And it's you gr- four stories. And you gradually walk up, up into the tops of the trees, so to speak. So you literally, okay, so you start down in the bottom where you've got that layer of, of the rainforest where you've got the little, you know, water features and the animals that live in the water. And then Jeff was exactly right. You go layer by layer up. So... You move to the middle of the trees and all the way to the top. So you're getting all this life that literally is from the bottom up all the way to the top where you've got like live butterflies flying all over, getting on top of you. It is humid. You feel like you're like you're in the Caribbean or in a rainforest. <laughs> like I say, it's, it's sort of there's so many different things under one roof. There's a planetarium if if you're into that sort of thing. There's an aquarium. Everything you can think of, they've sort of gathered it together under one roof. One thing that's kind of fun is when you buy your ticket there, you can combine it with a ticket to the De Young Museum, which is just kind of across the way there in the park. And this is a great museum in its own right. Got an extensive collection in a lot of areas. And so it's worth going to see that. But on top of that, literally and figuratively. They've got this beautiful observation tower where you're 144 feet above ground. If you get on a not foggy day, which isn't always the case in San Francisco, but if you can get on a not foggy day, you can see all over. And it's a really stunning, stunning view. It's worth it just to go for the art, but uh, the view on top of it makes it even more worthwhile. And speaking of views, you know where there's some great views? Where? From the Golden Gate Bridge. I'll say. You know what's a fun way to get there? Um, I know what you did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, you can walk there. That's going to take a while. You can drive there, but then you're driving over it. You don't get to stop and look. So this is where he dumped me for the day and took Minnie Me out on a fun day. You take a bike across it. (laughs) Get up there relatively easily, and then you can stop along the way there. I know. We're going to talk about that. I was kind of jealous. We were doing different things that day, and I didn't get to go. I'll make it up to you next time. Okay. I'll let you take one of the mini. No. (laughs) (laughs) I had the other mini me, trust me. (laughs) No. No, one of those great memorable experiences being on the Golden Gate Bridge on a bike. We're going to tell you more about it in our upcoming interview with Bay City Bike. 
Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. Make sure you check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. And we are in the lovely city of San Francisco. I've had a lot of great, memorable experiences here. One of them is riding a bike across the Golden Gate Bridge. With our mini-me. With one of our mini-me's. And it was just a fun thing that you'll never forget doing. Here to tell us more about it is Megan Kershek, who is with Bay City Bike. Welcome, Megan. Hello. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Kathleen. You know, I had just a great time. We did the guided tour, and what was not only fun was we, you know, obviously got to ride our bikes across the bridge, but we also got to learn a lot about the city that I didn't know before on our way from kind of the Fisherman's Wharf area up to the bridge. Yeah, San Francisco is a great city to ride bikes in. Bay City Bikes in particular specializes in group tours. We have daily guided tours at 10 and 1 every day, and we the guide takes you across the Golden Gate Bridge and then down into Sausalito. It's all waterfront. It's a beautiful, beautiful ride. And then from Sausalito, you can take the ferry back. Yes, absolutely. So let me tell you a little bit about the guided tour, which you can also do self-guided if you really wanted to spend the time and and really kind of get to know the city in your own personal way. Um, Our daily guided tour starts out in one of our locations in Fisherman's Wharf, which there are three, and it leaves our tour destination center and the guide will take you along the waterfront all the way past Ghirardelli Square, all the way past Fort Wait, wait, Mason, wait. Do you so. stop and get ice cream at Ghirardelli Square on the bike ride, or is that something you do later? <laughs> you could definitely do that if you choose a self-guided tour. <laughs> okay, just checking. You, I, you might be able to bribe the tour guide into stopping and getting ice cream as well. Just checking, just <laughs> checking. Good question. I like that. And so it's just a beautiful ride. You go, you go all the way to the base of Golden Gate Bridge. Um, there's a beautiful free museum down there, which you can definitely stop in at your own leisure and check it out. And then from there, we there's a slight in, uh, incline all the way up to the actual Golden Gate Bridge where you ride across. It's a beautiful, beautiful view. I, I always recommend looking over the edge and, and seeing all the dolphins splashing around underneath you. People, whenever I bring this up with people, their immediate reaction is, what, you're, you're riding right along with the cars and everything? But no, you've got your own area to ride yeah. in that's, that's totally safe. Absolutely. It's very, very safe. There's a huge guardrail that separates you from all the vehicle traffic, and it's a huge bike path that you get to ride in, although you do share it with pedestrians, and sometimes you have those tours where it's kind of in the middle of the end, and always suggest is bringing your bike, though. <laughs> your little ding-ding, it's a pleasant little quality ride bike by. Well, I have to admit, our little mini-me was, was nervous because we've driven, you know, quite a few times and been up on the Golden Gate, and she was really nervous. And the first thing I said yeah. was, you know, when she got back, how did it go? And she goes, oh, it was great. You know, I wasn't afraid at all. I thought I was going to be nervous, like being on, you know, having the water on one side and the cars on the other, and it just, you know, you get there, and I think you just have a different experience than what you kind of picture it might be. Yeah. The bridge is so big. It's just you're not even on a bridge. You're on a separate piece of land. It's really cool. You have a beautiful view of the San Francisco skyline. There's a whole ocean to your left and the city to the right. And the bridge is only 1.7 miles long, so it's a nice, smooth ride all the way over. Yeah, now, 
on the self-guided tours, so if I want to come in and, and pick up a bike and I say, hey, I want to go over to, you know, the Giants game, and then I want to go here, and then I want to go to Union Square, and then somewhere else, you guys can help me plan that out and tell me how far it is to ride and what the traffic's going to be like and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. We have a giant map in store, so as soon as you get in and you decide, you know, what kind of bike you'd like to ride and where you'd like to go, our um, our staff tells you exactly which route to get there. And then your bike is also included with a map in its own. So you kind of, it's a four, it's a trifold map, so you get to choose which direction or which piece of the city you want to explore, and you can kind of fold the map to your own discretion and go from there. It's a lot of fun. We also are really, really great at getting back to you if you're lost in the city or if you, if you need any help. We have a phone number listed right on the map, so you can call us at any time, and we're happy to tell you, you know, how to get to where you're going to find something that you want. I think we could utilize that service. (laughs) We're like your own personal GPS. Well, I think one of the things that's interesting that I find interesting about San Francisco is it's not really condensed like New York City, but it's not really spread out like L.A. And so it's fun city to ride your bike around because you can get places easy, but you're not sitting there feeling like you're competing with a million cabs or anything. And the other thing I really liked about it is it does kind of orient you to a city that isn't, you know, completely laid out on a grid where it's easy to find your every, your way everywhere. You can really get a sense of the city as you ride around it. Yeah, exactly. And for the most part, it's a flat city. As long as you kind of have an idea where you want to go, and like I said, the staff definitely helps you out with that. We tell you all the flat routes to get there. So it's a lot of fun. So, uh, again, if, if you're riding over the bridge, and there's always options for the ferry back, like you said, Jeff, and that's a great way to see kind of Alcatraz Island and, and Angel Island and all the way back to San Francisco. It's a really cool way to, to kind of get the, get the whole aspect of San Francisco in one, one three-hour ride. Well, Megan, thank you so much. Bay City Bikes will have all the information on our website, TravelBrigade.com, so you can check with them and book your own bike ride. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet them at Travel Brigade. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin, that got to go to Salsalito on his bike ride that we were just talking about. That's right. And that day, I took one of the mini-me's over the bridge, and you took one of the mini-me's over... To Alcatraz? <laughs> well, I tried. And tried but... to leave them there. <laughs> well, That's a only, whole other story. You can only do so much. Um, but you, can you... See, you can see our mug shots available <laughs> on our... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> But you took the other mini-me over to Aquarium of the Bay. That's true. I mean, I kind of gave him a bad time about the bike thing. But I was over at the Aquarium of the Bay. It's a great place right over there by Pier 39. And one of the highlights is a huge plexiglass walkway where you can actually go underneath and see all the sea life above you. That sounds fantastic. 
It was, and I got to do even something more special. Oh, I think you told me about this, and I, I sort of misunderstood at first. It involved feeding the sharks, yes. and I thought it involved us feeding the mini-me's to the sharks, but it was actually the mini-me's yes. got to feed the sharks. Yes, he was, he thought we were going to come back. I was going to come back with one less mini-me. But in actuality, what we actually did was a behind-the-scenes tour so you get a regular ticket to go to the aquarium, and then you can actually, there are two different tours. There's a behind-the-scenes tour, and then what we did was the Feed the Sharks tour, which is actually really interesting. I think they still just do it on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays at a certain time. We went down. We learned all about the sharks. We got to see the shark puppies. We got to check the pH of the water. We got to weigh the food. We got to uh, distribute different types of fish that they eat and get it all ready, visit the pups, which I think I said, but we got to see them, the little pup sharks, which were really fun. And we actually got to act like we were working in there. It was really, I thought it was really cool as an adult, and the kids thought it was amazing. So where do you feed them? It's actually interesting. You go down into the area where they have all the aquarists, which we were, and they have the different types of... In the age of Aquarius? Yes. <laughs> um, but on the board, it actually has the different types of um, fish, mussels, different things that they eat, and it tells you how much each day they eat of each thing, and they mix their food up, so it's not like one type of uh, fish. It's actually kind of a, a variety, a, bu- a buffet. A buffet. <laughs> a seafood buffet. Speaking of a seafood buffet... <laughs> Here's what you do after you go to the aquarium at the bay. Yeah. Just take about a three-minute walk along the pier there. You arrive at Fisherman's mm-hmm. Wharf. Yum, yum. We already talked with Lori about how they're you know, making some improvements there to make it. It's already a great experience, but they're going to do some infrastructure upgrades there. You get there. There's all sorts of great seafood. You just walk around. Get some shrimp here. Get, get some crab there. Whatever yeah, you little want. Little shrimp. Little crab. Little cock. Little little it's clam all fresh, chowder. Clam chowder. What goes best with it is some sourdough bread. San Francisco sourdough bread from the, Boudin. There's a Boudin bakery right there. and You can even watch them baking the bread. The kids love that. It's really fun. And they actually have some different kinds of sourdough loaves. Like they make a turtle and they make a crab. And it's really fun. You can actually go in there and buy them and watch them make them. It's, it's, it's really fun. And the bread is so good. There is a certain thing to a good sourdough bread. Certain taste. Yeah, and you either have it or you don't. Just like just like Jeff. He either has it <laughs> or he doesn't. And let me just tell you, he has it. Again, the travel romance thing. <laughs> she usually thinks I have it after the travel. Anyway. Um Yeah, so that's a that's a really fun thing to combine with going to the aquarium and of course going down to Fisherman's Wharf any time and getting something to eat and is, the seals, is a fun thing. And if you've ever been to Fisherman's Wharf, it's really fun. There's seals that just are right there on the docks and you can go see the seals and it's just a fun place to hang out. That's why it's a great tourist attraction, not to mention Ghirardelli's, which we've mentioned before. Yeah, and that's just that's just another couple of blocks away if you want dessert yeah. on top of your seafood and, and sourdough. Another place we want to let you know about that you should visit when you come here is Exploratorium. Now, we've been talking about things that are fun for the whole family to do or fun for just a couple to do. This one's kind of both. It's a great place to take the kids, but they also, we'll talk about in the interview, have an adults-only night. Adults only at the Exploratorium. Yes, and we're going to tell you more about it coming up. Stay tuned. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. You're listening to Travel Brigade with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. You can follow them on Twitter, like them on Facebook, and check out their website at TravelBrigade.com. 
Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with my co-host, Jeff Griffin. And we're coming to you from San Francisco, and we're talking about all sorts of great things to do in this wonderful city. And, you know, you tell your kids, hey, we're going to a museum. You might get a certain kind of reaction. You tell your kids, we're going to an exploratorium. You might get a completely different reaction. You go to your kids and you say, we're not only going to a museum, we're going to an exploratorium, and we're going to it in a brand new location. Now you're talking. That'll get them excited. Here to tell us more about it is Linda Dackman from the Exploratorium. Welcome, Linda. Thank you very much. Well, we are so excited. We love love San Francisco, and there's so many great and unique things to do. One of the big things for you, you're moving to a brand new place. Tell us about that. Well, um, first of all, you said an Exploratorium, but it's the Exploratorium. There is only one Exploratorium, and it's here in San Francisco. <laughs> it was founded in 1969 by Frank Oppenheimer, who's a was a well-known physicist and educator, and and he came up with the idea of basically uh, learning through discovery, where you go to the museum. There's no value in the exhibits; they're not artifacts or you know precious uh, things from the past. They are just wonderful contraptions where you can experience nature uh, and the phenomena of nature in you know right there at a, a different freestanding exhibit. Now and you guys so, are moving uh, from the Palace of Fine Arts and then, and down to the pier. Tell us about right. how that's going to take right. place. So, and so we have already uh, closed our whole our former home of over 40 years at the Palace of Fine Arts, and we are in the midst of completing construction on the renovation of a historic pier, Pier 15. It's about 800 feet over the water, so it's a size of about um, a couple of uh, city blocks, and it's got, we'll have exhibits inside and out, and it'll be the first time that we'll have exhibits outside. Tell us a little um, bit about what a visitor can expect going to the Exploratory. I mean, what, what's a typical... Um, adventure, why they're there, things that they experience, what types of exhibits do they encounter when they're there? Well, let me give you uh, one secret thing that uh, I'll reveal to you, which is that there will be something called a camera obscura ride. So basically you can ride up and down our campus or along the Embarcadero in this cart, which you'll be driven in. I mean, we've got uh, a tornado, uh, a fog. And you said there will um, be some exhibits outside of the building. What, what will some of those yes. be? Um, well, there's going to be, for instance, there's going to be one where you can, it's, 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 uh, it's called Tasting the Bay. And so because we're right on the bay, we're doing new exhibits about the bay. And so you can literally, there are these different fountains and they have different levels of salinity based on different locations in the bay so that you can taste the differences. <laughs> now, it's not real bay water. It is right, water you right, can drink. Right. But, but you're basically tasting the, you know, the bay. And then there's others that are called uh, bay windows. And they're these kind of, the heart, it's like this, it's this round thing that you can see Bin, but basically what you're seeing is the sediments in different parts of the bay. Well, I think that's one of the great things about this, this particular institution is you are giving people these new sort of sensory experiences that they may not have thought of before. And, you know, when you talk about, yeah, you're going to ride and see things upside down or you're going to get to taste different levels of salt water, I can already hear our kids packing their bags to come <laughs> see it. Right. It is. Now, I just want to stress, I mean, if people... I love it because you know kids can run around and do whatever they want and they have freedom and 
and uh, but the truth is is that it is it's you know I don't want to give the impression it's not a kids museum it's certainly not exclusively a kids museum it's very much a museum for people of all ages and whatever age they're at I think uh, I think that's Disney on Ice comes around and I'm like hey kids you want to go it's not because they want to go it's because right, I want right. to find an excuse to go and I think that right. would be the same with this or many other things that that you do right. as a family at, at the same time, I did want to say for those people who prefer to experience it without, the, you know, without their children or to get away, you know, to have a night out, it's open to, it will be open two nights a week. And on Wednesday nights, we're open 10 to 10, which means that, you know, people can visit with their families all day and night. But on Thursday nights, we, at 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., it is adults only. Wow. And, yeah, like and that's, that. so there's plenty of, uh, if any, you know, people, 20-somethings want to go on a date or we, and we have a, kind of a themed, once a month, it'll be a special themed invitation. So in the past, we've done things like sex exploratorium and people were doing things with, you know, how flowers mate and other kinds of things like that, dissecting <laughs> flowers and sounds like a great some, first uh, date. <laughs> in, right, enhancement, uh, some other kinds of uh, things that enhance uh, people's sexual experience. Or they can take those things apart, but um, uh, and it's also a cash bar, so it really is um, reaching out to all kinds of audiences. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us again, Exploratorium. There's so many great things to do in San Francisco. We appreciate you spending time with us today. Thank you so much. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. We'll be right back. They don't always agree, but they always seem to have their reasons. Next up, Travel Brigade's countdown of their favorites from this week's show on He Said, She Said. still have the San Francisco treat song spinning in my head. I wonder if that's copyrighted. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we have to pay that. every time we sing it. I shouldn't have sang it. Yeah, we're, we're Ooh, probably going to get a Busted. I'll probably get a little. Exactly. Anyway, this is Travel Brigade, your weekly travel and destination show. This is Kathleen Curry here with Jeff Griffin. We've come to that point in the show where we pick our three favorites from our travel destination in He Said, She Said. As always, she said, goes first. Can I just say one more thing about the San Francisco treat? Sure. What if they're selling more boxes of San Francisco of rice aroni because of us? Then in actuality, maybe they owe us money. I'm always willing to. Okay, well, you know. Think like I just want. I just wanted to make. I just wanted to put that on the record. I'm going to go with my third, which is I can already tell Jeff's going to start cringing when I mention the word shopping. Love shopping in San Francisco. Union Square is tough to beat as a shopping area. He wouldn't know. I, I do would. all the shopping. <laughs> He's store, like, I have no, store, I, I have no man, idea what you're talking about. Man, close that. Store. All I know is I see the credit card bills. <laughs> anyway, no, I just think it's a fun place to shop. And Union Square, of course, is the mecca, ground zero of of the shopping. But there are lots of little places to shop, boutiques to shop. You run into really fun artists that have their own little boutiques, or they're out on the street. It's just a fun place to, you know, to shop. I really like shopping there. My number three is the De Young Museum. Now, oh, yeah. when I go to a large city, there's two things I really like to do. One, go to a great art museum. Two, go to some high place where you can look around and see the whole city, like the Eiffel Tower in Paris, the Empire State Building in New York, things like that. Some genius at the De Young said, hey, why don't we put these two things together? <laughs> <laughs> a great art museum with a great view of the city. It's a great way to spend a day. My number two is the wharf. I, I have always 
love the wharf. And I know that some people think it's a little touristy, but I just it just brings back so many fond memories of growing up and going to the wharf or walking down when I first took my kids to the wharf and I don't it's just one of those places in San Francisco love going to Ghirardelli's love going to Ghirardelli Square there's a couple of great places I like to go there I just like to walk around I like to be by the water I like to see the seals it's just one of those places get some chowder yeah there's as we've talked about before there are reasons why certain places are popular with tourists it's because nobody else has one. Nobody else has Fisherman's Wharf. It is the wharf. And tourists or not, who doesn't love to go pick up some great seafood and sourdough? You know, sit there and people watch and chow down and you can't beat it. Nope. Love it. My number two is biking on the Golden Gate Bridge. This was really fun. San Francisco is a great city to bike in because it's it's not really condensed. Um, it's kind of a little bit spread out. And so there's good areas to bike in. And then... As we talked about in our interview, there's, you've got your own lane there. Once you're up on the bridge, you can stop, you can look out. It was you know, one of those really memorable experiences. I'll never forget being on a bike on the Golden Gate Bridge. My number one was actually something that sort of surprised me. It's the Feed the Sharks tour. And the reason I liked it is just because it's that it was so intimate. There was just a few of us there. You always go to somewhere like whether it's a theme park, an aquarium, a museum, and you really kind of wonder, you know, how it all works and how it functions and and how uh, what are basically the behind the scenes part of it. And I just thought it was educational. I thought it was educational for the mini me's. I I thought it was well worth the time, the the money for the ticket, everything. And I just thought it was just so unique. And because it was so intimate. Not everybody gets to do it, and so I thought it was a really neat thing. My number one was the 49-mile drive we did. This kind of reminds me of a couple of things. First of all, you know, if somebody comes to visit you in a city or wherever you live, you sort of have a few things you want them to go do. It's sort of like they came together with all those things for San Francisco and put them all on one list and gave you a map of how to go. It's like if your friend came to visit you and you said, okay, go out today and go here, go here, go here, go here. It's like San Francisco already did that for you. And not only that, but I love that you really don't have to think a whole lot. You just pull out the map and you start hitting point to point to point. You have to worry about what you're going to see because you get it all in. You get so many things in. Like I said, we we pulled it off pre-GPS, so uh, I would imagine it's even easier with a GPS. Because we we can't even work our GPS. Oh, yeah. There's that, too. But the other thing it kind of reminded me of is – Ferris Bueller's Day Off, where they go see all the best places around Chicago. It's like that, except for San Francisco. (laughs) We have had a really fun time talking to you about a lot of attractions you can do here in San Francisco. There's so much to do. We'll be back. We'll be covering restaurants and hotels, I'm sure, next time we come. Yeah, well, and we'll definitely have to get back here. There's there's no avoiding that. It's it's too good a place not to come back to. For contact information about the people we talked with today or places we talked about, just go to our website, travelbrigade.com you'll see a hot sheet and you can click on that and we'll have all the contact information there. Next week, we'll take you to another fantastic destination. In the meantime, just remember there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning your next trip. Whatever stage you're in, please join us next week for the Travel Brigade radio show. In the meantime, make sure that you check out our webpage, travelbrigade.com. Follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade or check us out on Facebook. We'll see you next week. Enjoy the trip. You have been listening to Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin on Travel Brigade. Connect with them on Facebook, Twitter, and at TravelBrigade.com.